0: stuff, right? Uh, One thing I want to let you know about, over the next month, um, I'm not going to be preaching. I thought you guys would be more, yeah, I knew there was going to be, I knew there was going to be one sarcastic clap. I know who it is. For those of you watching online, I know who it is, and it is a sarcastic clap. He's not really excited that I'm not preaching. No, but we, I, I'm honestly really excited about this opportunity. Over the next month, you're going to get to hear from uh, leaders from within this house uh, that are uh, developing in their communication gifts. Some of them have preached one time, some of them just you know five or six or ten times, but uh, they're developing that gift, and it's, it's honoring for us to make room for them because it's not built on talents, and we don't hang on every word that Pastor Kyle says. We hang on every word that comes from the mouth of the Father, okay. and so we want to just make room for people to use their gifts and to develop in them gifts, their gifts. So I want to ask you to do the same thing you do on a regular basis uh, with me, which is uh, you encourage me and uh, you you take notes and and you just soak up everything that God speaks to you because really, it's it's really our role to just hear what God's speaking to us. It's really the communicator has their their responsibility, but our responsibility as a listener, as a hearer of the preacher of the word is to receive what God's speaking to us. And so even today, you can kind of begin to posture yourself in that way and say, God, will you just speak what you want to speak In my life, but uh, I'm excited about that. Excited what God's going to speak through uh, these leaders in our church, and so uh, looking forward to this next month. Uh, We're starting a series next week called "We Are Family," Family. so that's going to be fun. We're going to have a lot of fun uh, through the month of of July. We
1: didn't even practice
0: that. No, we didn't.
1: Um, The last thing before we jump into the Word today is we want to let you know that the marriage conference. That we do every single year is coming up, and we need you to sign up for it. Mark your calendars. It is the first weekend in October.
2: Every year. Um,
1: it's it's honestly a life changing thing for your marriage. Yeah. Please, please come. It's been so much fun the last few years, and where we just we make a time and a space to talk about marriage and to grow together. And so that's going to happen right here. Um, we are going to have Adam and Rebecca Peterson from Rise Church right here in Jacksonville. They're going to be our special guests. And then also, we, I am super excited about having Kurt and Karina Hale come. They're some of our really good friends. Um, also, here in Jacksonville, and they're just gonna have a conversation with us about what it means to walk through hardship in marriage and how you can survive and even thrive through that. Yeah, it's and so, we're really excited. So, sign up, mark your calendars. It's the first weekend in October, and you're not gonna wanna miss it. But it's in this room, so that means we have limited space. Yep. So, we're gonna we have to cap it at 50 couples. So, please tell your friends it's not just open to our people, you can um, invite someone to. Uh, Join the table with you. But I'm
0: telling you, if if you want to be a part of it this weekend, or for this weekend, marriage conference... you need to register early. Like in years past, I think we said that, and it didn't quite sell out, but I'm 100% confident it's going to sell out this year. So get registered. uh, Whether you're single, engaged, married, wherever you're at, we welcome you and just would love to to just pour into you that weekend. Awesome. Well, let's dive in. Uh, We're excited. This theme for the weekend has been uh, roar, and so that's been uh, lots of of fun. But as we were just talking and preparing for this weekend, there, there was just a phrase that kept just dropping in my heart uh, and we want to go to a few places in Scripture this morning and talk. And, and I think, kids, some of these things that we're going to be talking about are things that you learned this weekend, so I need y'all to listen closely. And then I think you guys will actually be able to answer questions the adults won't be able to answer. Um, but this, this, this phrase of hear the roar really begin to, to drop in our hearts. And so we want to just share this morning on really three, three roars each of us need to be able to hear in our life. Three roars that each of us need to, to hear in our life. And the first one is to hear the roar of the enemy. Hear the roar of the enemy. Does
1: anyone in this room know how far away that you can hear a roaring lion? Does anybody know? We, I, we did learn Come on, shout the- it out, kids.
0: How long? Five, five miles. Five miles.
1: That's really far, right? All yeah. the kids. Yeah, you remember that. That's awesome. Um, so I don't even know that if I screamed as loud as I possibly could that you could hear me outside. So that's pretty <laughs> incredible, that five miles. That um, And then our culture... In our marriages, in our houses, in our just relationships, there's, there's lots of roars going on. And the enemy, um, he's roaring as well. And so, in, you know, we just want to be aware of that. and
0: uh, Yeah, and begin to tune our ears into the, the roar of the enemy. And I, and I think people fall into one or two of categories. There, there's the people that, like, hear a devil around every corner. It's like, oh, that's the devil. Like the devil is just after us. And there's like this thing. And then there's other people that are just like, no, that doesn't exist. I'm not going to think about it. And I think we need to move away from the polls on this. We need to move away from that and just know that the reality is what First Peter 5.11 says to us. And it really gives us, not just tells us that, hey, there's an enemy out there. But it says this to us. Peter says, be alert and of sober mind because your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Like if we go on a hike, my family likes to hike. We're going to do some hiking uh, this week in the woods of Maine. So boys, are you excited about that, doing some hiking? Uh, but if we go down in Florida, you know there's all those palmetto bushes. And one thing I learned when I was a kid is that snakes like to hide in those palmetto bushes, not to scare anybody, but they're in there. So if we go on a hike on a path that I've been before, and I say, hey, watch out, we've seen snakes come through here. You're gonna be on high alert <laughs> walking through the woods on this height. You're going to. And so we gotta do the same thing in our spiritual life. Like, we gotta be alert. This idea of a sober mind really means to be calm. It's not sober in alcohol, it's like sober to, to be calm and collected because a lot of us, like, okay, there's, a, there's an enemy and now we're afraid. But we don't have to be afraid. Kids, adults, we don't have to be afraid. We can be of sober mind, we can be calm. And just know that it's a reality, and so what we need to do is be alert. It doesn't have to ruin our day, because at the end of the day, the enemy is defeated. Uh, Christ is victorious on the cross, and Jesus said it's finished. Like, and that's, that's enough for us. So we, we fight from a place of victory, not for a place of victory. And so we've we got to embrace that and, and live this out. But the reality is that we can hear these roars in our family. You can hear it in your marriage. If you pay attention, we can hear the roaring of the lion from five miles away. You can see it on the news from five miles away. You can see it in overtime that gets incessant and now you're distant from one another in your marriage, and, and now it's a roaring lion. You can, you can hear the roaring lion in your thought life. If you're paying attention, if you're alert, then you notice like there's actually a roaring lion there. You can hear it in the relationship with your kids and your teenagers in which they're getting more and more distant. They're getting more and more closed off. It's, it's a roaring lion of the enemy that wants to devour, and so we don't need to be afraid. We can be calm but we got to be alert that there is an enemy who seeks to kill, steal, and destroy over our life and our, f- our family. And if we fail to recognize that, don't be surprised when we're bit. Don't be surprised w- when, when our, our marriage that was is, is now no longer, when uh, the relationship we had our kid is, is, is no longer. And so we've we got to come to this with a sober mind. So I want to ask you, as we just kind of transition this and begin to talk, just practically speaking, I think practically and spiritually, what does it look like, would you say, in our family for us to, to be alert. What does that actually mean? Like, can you give us some practicals for that?
1: Yeah, so the first thing, whether you have kids or you don't, in your home, you can filter the content that's going on in your house. So if you have teenagers, that means that maybe you can collect phones at night, at I don't know, whatever time you choose, but have a basket in your room where you, you collect that because um, a lot of times with kids, we have to be the one that's alert. They're not always gonna see... What's the danger in technology?
0: And it doesn't um, just go for kids. It's uh, adults too. Like we're all about mindless, like binge watching. We're not, we don't think we're really taking in the content. We are taking in the content. Mm-hmm. We, we are taking in the content. It's pouring in and it actually is setting like roots of, we're getting comfortable with things that are actually really evil. We're, we're laughing at things that are really actually really profane. And, 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 and we just, we're entertained like, hey, and I love the, the latest superhero movie as, as anybody, but, like, we don't even think about someone dying anymore. Like, mur- we don't think about murder, like, in those movies. We just don't because we're just so desensitized to it. So ha- I would just say keep a keep a guard up and just keep a filter. I'm not saying, like, d- don't en- en- enjoy flicks and don't enjoy, y- you know, uh, your your life. But I think we got to filter it and just be alert of the impact it's having on our life.
1: Absolutely. The second thing that I would say is keep open communication. Um, so if they're, you know it helps with us like if if we're watching something or if we're going to do something and and I can say like I don't I don't really feel good about that like or he can say the same you know and, and it's really cool when your kids are like uh should we need to change the channel you know I mean but it, to keep that open communication to keep it important to go on dates um you, we you can't stop dating when you get married you got to keep pursuing each other. You got to keep the lines of communication open, and in our house, we also date our kids, so make it that a special thing. Like, it it's really keeps the connection alive, I think.
0: Yeah, and I, I would even say for single adults in the room that, um, hey, you, you don't have the spouse thing going on, um, but you need people in your life that you've got open communication with that can alert you of things they see. There's been multiple times in my life in which Taryn alerted me of something and called me to, hey, pay attention to that. Pay attention to this person. I think their intentions are not pure. I don't know about this person in this role. And and there's a couple of times I can think of I ignored that and I paid for it down the road. I paid for it. It cost us. It cost us in the long run. And so I think you got to keep communication open with friendships in your life who someone will say, hey hey, have you thought about this? Like, I'm not not being judgmental, but out of love, I want to ask you, have you you considered, I just want to make sure you know, and that's really what I'm feeling with this, and it just causes, oh, thank you. I didn't see that. I wasn't alert to that, but now I can pay attention to it um, because we're just in the busyness of life. So, be a help in one another's lives. To be alert, because uh, the enemy is roaring.
1: And a side note, because this is just me speaking, so maybe there's somebody else who has my personality. If you have someone in your life that's speaking that to you, don't be offended and no. don't be mad or angry. Like receive it in Thank love. Thank God, yeah. And make sure, because I am the personality that's like immediately gonna be offended and be like, well, you know, and. Then you think I, think I don't see that? Whole, I lose the whole yeah. point of it and so the Lord has really dealt with me about that just receiving it humbly and not not taking offense to it but but noticing that it's coming from a place of love and um, so I just wanted to mention that.
0: I just think about this. Think about this in your own life in your own individual life. It, what will being alert, What what could that change for your future? What kind of pitfalls could that prevent in your family, in your child's life in your marriage? Like what What kind of pitfalls could be prevented if we just received this word from the scriptures to be alert, not scared, just sober-minded, and just knowing that it's a reality. We don't have to, like, look at a devil around every corner, but also not shut it away and just be like, oh, that doesn't exist, because I I believe it's a reality. So just think about that impact.
1: Yeah, and the third thing really quick is just to stay spiritually active. you can't really have people in your life that are looking out for you in a biblical way if you're if you're not in church, if you're not having your family in church. If you, and for us, a massive difference that I can tell. Yeah. I mean, we're obviously at church. We're the pastors of this place. So, like, if we're not here, then that's a problem. But being in a group has been life-giving for our family. Yeah. Like, our kids look forward to it. We need it. Um, it's just, a create. Uh, it creates a place of community that's smaller where you can actually have people on your same team and they can speak that truth into your life and you can share things. Um, so groups, you know, just serving, finding. Yeah, absolutely. And not, again, we're not trying to like have a commercial up here like you need to join a group and you need to be on a serve team. But like it's really the fabric of who we are and yeah. we've been changed by those things. And so it's kind of one of those things where like, no do this like we're you know we're not just trying to sell you on something we're yeah. really passionate about being involved and being known
0: um, uh, absolutely. in a group and
1: in your serve teams
0: absolutely man groups are open all summer so find one you can just look on the website find a group that works for your time your schedule might be a
1: commercial. and jump in
0: <laughs> why not ain't no shame in the game
1: no, they're really—they've
0: been yeah. really awesome this summer. Amazing. Uh, so, n- not only just hearing the roar of, of the enemy is something that God really lay on our heart, but the the other one that, uh, that I want to lean into this morning is to hear the roar behind the roar. To hear the roar behind the roar. Uh, here's a, a quiz for kids or adults in the room. Do you know why lions roar? Any clue why they roar? I think someone would think to to like protect their territory or 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 you know try to do something like that. They actually roar for a lot of reasons. There's probably three or four reasons in which they roar. A couple of those. One of those is to actually um, to locate one another. Like when hey, I'm in the middle of like the like Serengeti on the plains of Kenya and and I roar to let you know hey, I'm. I'm over here. This is where I'm at. I'm over in this bush over here. Or another reason is when something enters their environment that's new for them, uh, that actually causes them to pause, that actually brings an alertness. So lions will roar for those two reasons. There's a couple more. But I think that's so big, particularly with this scripture that I want to look at this morning. Uh, Kids, you guys remember yesterday at the end of the day, we were talking about Pharaoh and how he let them, finally let the people go, but then he came after them. And you guys remember uh, the whole thing where God was providing for them outside their tent every day? God was providing this stuff called manna, which for those of you that don't know, it's little whitish seeds. There's these little seeds. And so every morning outside of their tent camp of 2.4 million people... Um, there was these white seeds that were just showing up on the ground. And so it was God providing sustenance because these people had been in slavery for 400 years. And so they come out of slavery, 2.4 million people. Moses has led them out, uh, and God has led them out through this miraculous thing. And now he's actually providing for their needs. He's actually meeting their needs, not in maybe the way they wanted, but he's meeting their needs. And uh, they, they get out there, and then they start complaining. You kids remember? They start complaining because they didn't have... Meat. It wasn't, they're free. God's providing miraculously, and yet still no one's happy. And I want to read just a few verses out of Numbers chapter 11, verses 11 through 13, that really Moses is praying to God in frustration because everybody, 2.4 million people, are bringing their complaints to his inbox. And he's like, yo, I can't handle this anymore. And he's crying out to God, check this out. He asked the Lord, why have you brought this trouble on your servant? Like, what have I done to displease you that you put the burden of all these people on me? Did I conceive these people? Like, they're not my kids. I didn't give birth to them. Uh, why do you tell me to carry them in my arms as a nurse carries an infant to the land you promised uh, on oath to their ancestors? Where, I, where can I get meat for all these people? They keep wailing to me, give us meat to eat calling out for it is that is that the last one I'm, I'm, I missed the one in, in the notes. I, I want to continue on. It's actually one more verse. I'm going to Numbers chapter 11, uh, if you're following along with me. Uh, Numbers chapter 11, and just reading a little bit beyond uh, what we had on the screen um, there. Moses, family, uh, promised to the oath of the fourth. Uh, here it is. Where can I get meat for all these people? They keep wailing on me. Give us meat to eat. I cannot carry all these people by myself The burden is too heavy for me. You hear that? The burden is too heavy for me. If this is how you're gonna treat me, and just put me to death right now. If I found favor in your eyes, do not let me face my own ruin. I I think if we pay attention to the story, one it sounds really familiar. Like everything's perfect and nobody's happy. Like we're super blessed. We got family who loves us, we got a great church family, car to drive. We got food in our stomach, we got shelter. Like, we're, we're so incredibly blessed, probably have some spending money to get some things you like, and yet still we find ourselves complaining and not really that happy. Yeah. Sounds pretty familiar, but I think if we listen into this story, not only does it sound familiar, I think we can hear the roar behind the roar. Because God, the whole thing that was going on here is the people were complaining to Moses And God got mad about that. God got mad that they were complaining because he was miraculously providing for them. And then Moses got mad that God was (laughs) mad and he was just completely overwhelmed. So if we listen in, like, what is God really mad about? Like, what's the roar behind his roar of anger? He, he's angry. He's mad about their entitlement. He's, he's mad about their lack of gratitude. That There's actually a roar behind that roar. And if we look at, at Moses, his frustration and anger at the people and the whole situation, what's the roar behind the roar in his life? He's just overwhelmed. Yeah. He's like, you think you have a problem like raising your kids? Like two, four, 2.4 million people are reliant on me. And like, I don't know what to do with this. I'm overwhelmed. I'm in over my head. There's a roar behind the roar in which he's crying out and he's saying, I need some help. if I'm going to do this. But here's what begins the transition in our lives. If we can discipline ourselves to hear the roar behind the roar, things start to change. Uh, Because here's the reality for most of our families, is is that, that the roars are a vicious cycle in our family. Dad comes in angry and takes it out and mom gets angry and upset about it. And then the kids start feeling antsy. Or you, with your coworker, your coworker comes in all frustrated about everything that they can't control and you can't control, and they're taking out on you. Then it ruins your day. It, and if and this is the vicious cycle that some of us, this is the only thing we've ever known for our family, is this this vicious cycle of roar that leads to roar that leads to roar. I'm telling you, we need to lean in and hear and learn from this text that there's a roar behind the roar. And if we'll do this, like, it can be a game changer in the health of our families and the future uh, of our families. And, and one of the places I, I feel like this really begins to, to take place is because usually our response to someone else's roar of anger, of sadness, of they're kind of going into their shell or frustration, you, usually our response is pretty negative, like, we usually don't have a good response to that. We're like, just like Moses. Like, his response to their complaint is like, I'm angry too. Like, we find ourselves in the same place. But if we can discipline ourselves to hear the roar behind the roar. Yeah, what's really going on? Moses is just overwhelmed. He, he's just frustrated, and he doesn't know how to provide, and he's a little bit insecure in this, and he's doing it alone. And Like, you feel what just begins to shift when you know the roar behind the roar? My response like, I'm, not, I'm actually not resp- responding to the roar. I'm actually responding to the roar behind the roar. And then I can actually be disciplined, if I can hear it, to respond in a positive way. And, and that's the power that I think we, we've got to understand is when we discipline ourselves to hear the roar behind the roar, we can then be equipped to minister to the real need, what's really going on in, in our child's life, in our coworker, in our employee's life. We can actually hear what's really going on and minister to the real need.
1: I have actually a kind of a funny story to go along with this. So, um, Kyle is a super organized individual, and I am maybe less middle, organized. Less organized yeah. Okay, um, and so I. I like
0: consider t- you a cold mess, not a hot I'm, mess.
1: Okay, well, I'm still a mess. But <laughs> so <laughs> I'm. I'm not. Uh, I like to be clean, but I don't really care if there's like little clutter or mess. And he is very much not like that. And problem. so we are learning more about our personalities. There is um, something called the Enneagram. And I was in a class learning about the Enneagram. And I'm number two. I'm type number two. And this lady on stage says, to, says out loud, so like, you know, when your spouse starts just organizing a closet, that's not really their way of organizing a closet. That's, that's their way of saying, like, I'm stressed. I need help. And so I am laughing and crying at the same time because this is Kyle. About every three to four weeks, it's probably if he's had a stressful day, he comes into the house, and I have to stand up to do this because for a long time it made me crazy nervous and like, oh, I just need to leave. Like, what is wrong with the junk drawer? But he would like... This, would, this needs to go here, this like, paper needs to stack, and like, the junk drawer would be slamming, and like, every, like, the whole kitchen area would start getting organized. See,
0: I, moved, I moved that. It was in my <laughs> personal like, space, and it went back to your I personal could, space. I, it made
1: me so like. <laughs> I don't have a lot nervous. of personal space like, I didn't here. know what to do with myself. But then when, when I was sitting in that, in that class, and she said, that's a type three, and I know that that's Kyle, and I'm like, oh. For so long, like, I've been frustrated, a little bit offended, because that's me again, like, gosh, I'm sorry my junk drawer is junky, like, I'm sorry I can't keep the table cleaned off, like, and so I was taking it in to myself, and not hearing the roar behind the roar that he was having, like, I've had a stressful day, and the only thing that I can do to control this is to organize this drawer, or to, you know, clean out this does anybody have, like, five million papers that come home from school every day? Have mercy. Well, we have that, and we have three kids. So, like, there's papers everywhere, and I keep everything. So I'm like, what if they need that one day? Don't throw it away. But when I started to realize, like, that's the roar behind the roar. When he starts to do that, instead of me leaving the room, I I can be like, hey, babe, is there something I can do for you? Like why don't you go sit down or like, you know, I, I, I'm I reading the room that he's having a stress or there's something inside that's behind the slam. It's not really about the junk drawer. It's really about his stress and what's going on inside. Yeah. And when we can respond to that, we, we don't really have like nervous energy anymore. I just have like a heart to help. And it's, it's so cool when you start applying that to your kids. Like if they've had a stressful day at school because they do, we can read that roar behind the roar, and it just becomes such a place of ministry.
0: What a game changer for some of our families. What a game changer for some of our relationships that, like, that vicious cycle that's been going on in your family that you grew up with, like, it can stop. Like, it can stop in Jesus' name that, like, what has been your pattern for the past three years as you've been going through whatever you've been going through, that pattern can stop. And, and we can stop biting at each other. The roar can stop being passed around. If we'll just slow down and just hear the roar behind the roar, because I'm telling you, th- those roars that, that come in, the enemy loves, like, be alert on those, because the enemy loves to come in. What, what a difference. How, how different can our families look if we can really begin to hear this? How different our responses are going to be? Uh, the, fi- the final thing we really want to sp- speak to you this morning on, hear the roar, is, is not only hear the roar of the enemy, and not, not just to hear the roar behind the roar, but you gotta be able to hear the roar of God's love. You gotta be able to hear the roar of God's love. And let me tell you, there's a lot of roaring going on in this world. There's a lot of noise in your life. And I don't know about you, but I know in our life. It gets busy, and sometimes we can we seem to lose his voice. Maybe you're here today and you've never like heard his voice. You've never been able to like hear that God loves you. Maybe like everything in life is actually pointed the opposite direction, now, you don't get it, but. But maybe just through the noise, something can be cut through, That, then hear the roar of God's love today.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of things been going on in our life that have been really loud. And a lot of times I think that we think that God's roar of his love has to be that loud as well. Like just to cap it in one little sentence, in the past four weeks, my brother has been diagnosed with cancer. And when he had surgery, we've had a leak slash a flood, flood it in was our a home, flood. Flood, flood. which turned into mold. Um, I had a flat tire, which seems like a really small thing, but it's like one more thing. And then a cr- crushed, um, not crushed, that's really dramatic, a cracked windshield. Like there's just, it, it's felt heavy. And it's the past four weeks have felt like just so much going on. And there's been times when I'm like, you know, I don't feel God right now. I don't feel very loved right now. I don't, I'm not hearing it. And he brought us to this scripture in First Kings 19, where Eli- Elijah was really looking to hear God's voice. And he's standing out on that. Uh, um, the Lord says to him in verse 11, go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. And I, I don't know about you, but when I'm dealing with a flood, at, like my kids have been saying, my house was raining inside. Like, and that's true. It was literally raining inside. And a lot of times, we just don't feel it. We don't see it. And, um, but we're looking for God in like this big flash of lightning or something. And he says, um, Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake came a fire, but there was, the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. When Elijah heard it, he pulled his cloak over his face and went out and stood at the mouth of the cave. And sometimes that word whisper is translated in other versions, the still, small voice of God. And in Psalms 46, verse 10, it says, Be still and know that I am God. And so this week, I was standing out in my yard, in my backyard, like, spraying all these pieces of wood to treat them for mold. And I heard more clear than ever, God just tell me, like, it's okay. I'm here. I'm with you. You are not alone. You're safe. I'm providing for you. And I began to just be still instead of crying out, like, what is happening? Nothing else can possibly happen to us. And instead of that reaction, I was just able to hear the roar of his love just, like, pour over me and over my kids and the protection that in all of that, nobody was hurt. Everybody was kept safe. Like, we were able to clean it up, and we found it in a really short amount of time. And so we're fine. Like, everything's fine. And it's all because he says, be still and know that I am God. And I don't know about you, but a lot of times when there's... Stuff going on. We want to be the person who's running in and like cleaning out and and organizing and and doing. and, And the Lord just says to be still. Just be still and know that I am God.
0: You know, our brains have this incredible ability that in a crowded room with a lot of noise, like it'll happen as soon as this service ends, be a lot of noise. But you can carry on a conversation with one person in the midst of a crowded room, lots of talking. It's selective hearing. Like we can actually, our, our brains can tune into one voice, and it's as if we don't even recognize it. Our brains just do it. All the other, all the other noises just go down. They just go down. It's like it's like they hit the mute button. It just goes down to ten percent. Like it's just a just a murmur in the background. We can just hear. And and if we, if we would discipline ourselves, and I know some of us are like I don't hear God's voice, like you. I I wish I wish I could, but it's just not me. But here's what, what I want to say we're going to sing here in in, in just a moment but I believe just like for Elijah I don't don't know what you're going through in your family and your marriage and your personal life I don't don't know what you're going through but I I believe that we can walk out just like Elijah did as God's about to pass by like he's ever present like it's not it's not for special people it's not for perfect people because none of us are perfect like we can walk out on the mountain in the middle of this room, or on the car ride home, or in the middle of your bedroom at midnight when like you just can't take it anymore. Like you can say, "God, I need to hear Your voice." And in the midst of the chaos, He's not in the earthquake. He's just going to be in this whisper. He says, "I'm I'm here," and you can just rest. and And I, I pray today that we just tune in to the voice of God because I believe that our ability to tune into the roar of God's love, the whisper of God's love is going to set us up for all that he desires for us in our life and for us to accomplish everything that he's prepared for us. And if he's passing by, I don't want to miss him. Like if he's here, and I'll just say, like he's, he's, he's ever-present, where two or three are gathered, he is here, he's omnipresent. And so you don't have to worry about him like rushing out, and, but, but you can just open yourselves up and say, God, I want to hear your voice for my life. God wants us to be able to hear the roar. We see it in Scripture, to hear the roar of the enemy, to hear the roar behind the roar of what's going on in our marriage, what's going on with our coworker, what's going on with our fiancé, what's going on? Can we hear beyond that? Can we break this vicious cycle? But if we don't hear anything else today, we got, we got to hear God's love for us, crying out to you, saying, I love you. I'm here with you. You're not alone in the midst of your transition, in the midst of your life, what you're going through. I'm, I'm with you. And, and so I want the opportunity to pray with you over your life this morning. There's lots of different ways we can pray. We can pray for one another. We can pray, inter, you know, an intercession where someone's far away, but we're just praying for them. We can pray together and we're all just kind of praying a similar thing. But there's moments in which we actually receive someone's prayer for us. And in this moment, I feel led to just pray over you to pray over you and, and if if this is you this morning and say hey I, I want to hear God's voice in my life I I want to hear the roar behind the roar of what's going on with my kid what's going on with my coworker, with my boss I want to hear the roar of the enemy I don't want to miss out I don't want this to cost my family down the road just because I'm not willing to just take a few minutes and slow down and, and listen and so if that's you I, I want us to go ahead and stand and I, and I want to pray over you this morning um, as we close. God, I thank you for this moment in time in which we've got a lot of people in this room, young children, God, and and adults all, all around this room. God, I just pray right now that you would just wake up in our hearts, God. Wake us up spiritually to be alert, to be on the lookout, to know that the enemy seeks to still to kill, and destroy, and devour our family, to devour our marriage, to devour our lives, our career. And God, for, for not another second are we going to give in to it. We're, we're, we're walking out of this room alert, God, because we know that, that there is a roaring lion that seeks to devour, but we know that he is powerless because we're victorious through the name of Jesus. And all darkness has to tremble, all darkness has to flee because of the light that is Jesus Christ, that is raining down from heaven and is making his home in our lives and here on this earth, your kingdom here on this earth as it is in heaven. God, for some of us that are just going through trials right now, I pray over families, I pray over marriages, over single adults who are just, that are going through a struggle and we can't see what's the problem. God, help us to hear the roar behind the roar. Would your Holy Spirit guide us? Bring comfort to us to know, God, that you're in the midst of this, God, and that we can march forward with all you have for us, and we can break these vicious family cycles. God, and for the individual that walks into this room, and maybe they've heard somebody say, hey, God loves you, Jesus loves you. They've heard it before, but they've never received it before. God, I pray that today they would receive the free gift of salvation. It's not based on their works. It hasn't been based on my works. It's not based on anything but the goodness and the grace of God. It's grace. It's, we don't deserve it. That's what makes it grace. I just pray for that individual that's in this room, God, that we would just openly receive the gift of salvation and begin a new walk with you today. Declare that you, Lord, your Savior, we've been born and brought into the family of God. We give you praise for it today. God, I just pray in these next few moments that we can lift up a roar. We can lift up a praise, God, declaring that you are good, and it's your name that every uh, every other name, uh, every knee will bow, and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. We do that today, God. We lift it up in worship in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Come on, church, let's worship today as this band leads us.